0: What's up? And welcome to the Anti-Hustle Social Selling Podcast. I'm Andrea Clark, former family therapist turned network marketing leader and coach. I'm an attraction marketing expert, a top earner, and a mindset queen. I built my influence and business to the top using proven social media strategies and modern duplicatable systems, and I'm obsessed with helping you do the same. If you want to have true time leverage, boundaries, and fun in your business while rocking an abundance mindset, tune in each week for interviews, tips, and strategies that will help you trade hustling your face off for duplication, ease, and flow while still crushing every single one of your goals. So let's dive right in. What is up, Anti-Hustlers? Okay, super stoked about this. This is an interesting topic in the sense that I think a lot of people don't talk about this. And so that's why I want to talk about it because it's really, really important, okay? So the title of this is You Do Not Own Your Teammates how to take radical ownership of the right things in your business, okay? So oftentimes, people, leaders, whatever, and when I say leader, right now I'm kind of talking about somebody with a title because they have a team, okay? Not everybody with a title is actually a leader, just going to be really honest. And not every leader has a title, okay? So there's many people in the world in the industry in other industries whatever you you know whatever it is they are leaders taking all the right steps and developing themselves and being brave and doing all the things to grow before they ever have a title that's a true leader okay Then there are people who have leadership titles, and maybe it's because they have a lot of social media influence or whatever, but they're actually really shitty leaders. Like they're not actually leaders. Okay. And, or maybe they're really good at hustling. And so they get a title, but they're not, again, they're not leaders. Okay. So it's really important for you as the person who's growing your business to know the difference and to be okay with that, like to understand that that exists everywhere, even in our industry. And that's okay. That's something that I had to get okay with because I am somebody who prides myself on always growing, working on my healing, taking radical responsibility for my mistakes um I really care about people as people and I really used to struggle with why are these people like whoever right like a random person on my sideline why is it that they have this fancy leadership title they're at the top but I'm the one building the systems that they're using. I'm the one like leading their team calls, whatever it is. But then they're like getting paid buku bucks and they have a title. And something that my leader told me is like, Andrea, not everybody who has a title is a leader. And just because like sometimes people are really good at pushing volume, right? Some people are really good at sales. It doesn't make them a leader. Okay, and she goes. You just have to understand that that's how sometimes it works in this industry, and you get to decide what kind of leader you want to be, and what kind of leader, like what kind of leaders you want to help develop and grow. And I was like, okay. And literally, once we had that conversation, I have never like batted an eye again at any anybody else's business or, you know, if they have a, if they're like at a rank, and, you know, they're not contributing to the trainings or the systems or like, I just am like, whatever I'm over, I get it. This is a, this is a piece of it. Right. And really it's that way anywhere. Like if I think back to when I was a therapist and I was working in group practice on a couple of different occasions, Trust me, there were therapists that I was like, why is this person a therapist? Like, what is going on here? Or why is this person a supervisor? What is going on here? So it happens everywhere, not just in our industry. And you've got to just get good with that. And you've really got to just focus on your business, your business, your people, your skills, your growth, your healing, your people's skills, growth, and healing. Now, one thing that I see often is people, leaders, okay, whatever category leader you want to put them in or yourself, leaders tend to focus on the wrong thing. And what they focus on is trying to like own or boss their people instead of the things they actually have control over that will help shape their people, okay? So that's why I titled it this today. Because that is really focusing on the wrong stuff. If you're in this industry to grow a massive team, realizing that this is a volunteer army as fast as you possibly can is going to really help and empower you, okay? Seeing everybody as capable is going to really empower you and your team. And understanding that people are going to grow in their own time on their terms is really going to help you empower you and empower your team. And I grew my business the first time with this idea that I don't think I consciously thought I owned people, but I definitely tried to own them. Okay. Like I tried to boss them around. I tried to control their businesses. I tried to control a lot of what they did all it did was create friction, anxiety, and like burn people out and put a strain on our relationships. I, it was, I was a shit leader. Okay. And it's all good. I forgive myself. It's a learning experience, um, you know, but like not good, not good at all. And so um, this next time around, and what I've been doing for the last three years is blowing up our team and our business. And I feel incredibly happy, incredibly fulfilled. And so do leaders, which is really important. Okay. We really enjoy working together. We are having the time of our lives and that's really important. And what we're doing is duplicating down. So not just our incredible attraction marketing systems, but also like how we lead. This is so important. That's like a huge cultural piece. So I realized that I don't own people Um, I can't control people and I'm not their boss. And that's a big thing is that in my first business, I took this boss mentality. I took this like supervisor boss mentality and I didn't take a leader mentor mentality. Okay. And so a boss is somebody who thinks they're responsible for other people's success. A boss needs to have all the answers and be the resource, right? Whether they need to or want to, they are. And a boss goes around controlling and dictating everything. Not fun. Nobody, nobody's in network marketing to have another boss, right? So um, a leader or a mentor creates a framework for people, creates a system that works, an effective system, and allows people to grow within that on their own terms, okay, So if somebody comes to me and tells me, Hey, Andrea, you know, um, I want to do the launch plan, but here's the caveat around like why I'm struggling with this. I'm like, okay, awesome. Let's talk it out. Let's figure out how you can do it in your own way. That's still effective. Do you think that that person is going to come to me again? And did I just build trust with them? Or do you know what I'm saying? That's going to help build more rapport and trust and build my influence with that person. And because I just gave them freedom, right? I just I just gave them permission to, to do them versus if I'm like, nope, this is the launch plan. This is how you have to do it. This is how we always do it, blah, 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 blah. Like, oh my gosh, totally squash the person? No thanks. Like, And that's, that's what a boss does, okay? And so... It's really important to empower people, meet them where they're at, and help them meet their own needs. And everybody has different needs. So if you if you create an amazing system, so that's the first thing is like create an amazing system that works for the majority but be flexible and in helping individuals tweak it a little if if they need to. And the majority of people don't. Like 80 to 90% of people are just going to follow the system to a T, but there's going to be a few people within it that are like create extra creative or already have established influence or whatever it is and they have different ideas. And guess what? You're going to learn. Like I literally have this gal who um, instead of asking the, we have like these really powerful quote, clo- clo- quote, closing questions for health. Cause we're a mental wellness company. So, um, she made a Google form. Well, I didn't tell her like, you can't make the Google form, blah, blah, blah. Like I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. Guess what? I'm gonna have her train our team on it. So when you're open to your downline and your leader's um caveats, if you will, or things that they want to get creative with, it actually opens you up to like expanding and changing and growing faster because you've just empowered them and it's allowing them to step in and share their creativity. And that's you seeing your people as capable. and that's you not taking ownership like everything's on you. It's like you're also making space for things to be on them right? Um, In a really empowering way. So that's the first thing is, you know, having these systems as a framework and having effective systems that are aligned that people want to use. The other is um, learning how to ask powerful questions and leading with questions, okay? And so whenever somebody comes to me on my team with a complaint with an obstacle, with a problem, with whatever, um, or an idea that maybe I need to have them, like I need to flush out with them a little bit before I say yes. Um, I ask questions. I always ask questions before I say anything else. Tell me more about that. You know, tell me, tell me what's got you thinking about that. Um, why do you think that is? What's going on with that? What prompted that? like all those types of things. And guess what? Because I do that, my leaders now do that and their leaders are starting to do that. And, you know, they read coaching books and things like that because learning how to ask powerful questions is so important. So many people um, just want to tell people what to do. Again, that's a boss. A mentor asks questions to help peel back the layers for the person to help them come to the answer themselves, okay? So I've taken radical ownership, not of my people, but of our systems and making sure that they're top-notch, that they're duplicatable, that they're aligned, that people love them, that people want to use them. And then I've taken radical ownership over how I respond to people, And that has started duplicating down. The other thing that I've taken radical ownership over is how I empower my leaders. And I empower my leaders to be very active in decision-making processes and in um, trainings and in helping add to and build out our systems and empowering them to step into their power in these regards and encouraging them to, you know, jump off the cliff and build their wings on their way down maybe before they feel a little bit ready for that. And what that does is it empowers people. I I keep using the word empower, but it's a very important word. Okay. It's a very important verb. And, um, and what's happening is, They're learning. So for me taking radical responsibility of how to empower my people, they're learning. My leaders are learning, oh my gosh, I can trust and empower my people way faster than I thought, okay? A lot of this is modeling behavior, right? And so when I empower them and I breathe so much belief into them and I say, I trust you, you got this right or i have them trained on an idea that they have um then they turn around and they pay that forward in their downline and that builds up more empowered independent thought leaders you guys most leaders are are grown not born like yeah lots of leaders are born but like many leaders are grown and developed OK, and so those are the types of things that I take radical responsibility over. Another thing I take radical responsibility over is um, transparency and honesty. That is hugely important. Right. So I keep things super transparent. I keep them super honest. Um, I take responsibility for my mistakes. And again, that builds a really healthy trust with my leadership and um it builds a lot of loyalty. It builds healthy team culture. And then the other thing I take radical responsibility for is our team culture. And it starts with me, it doesn't end with me, but it starts with me. And I take that very, very seriously. So for my team, what they see is what they get. What I say is what's going to happen. I always keep my promises, I always follow through. I don't say yes to anything I can't do. Um, I don't ever blow smoke up their rear ends and tell them they can accomplish something that they can't. I don't put out any crazy challenges that are ridiculous. I put out challenges, but nothing ridiculous, right? Like these are all really important things that I can control and take responsibility for. And when I work on the things that I can control as a leader, other people step into the arena that is our team and our culture and our and our momentum and our movement. And they start to take control of the things that they can control. And that's how massive momentum happens. That's how trust and healthy team culture is built. That's how loyalty is built. That's how massive legacy businesses are built. Not by control, trying to control the people around you. Not by telling them what to do not by guilting them, shaming them, um, not by ostracizing them when they're not working, like none of that, none of that. You cannot control your people, okay? You can control all the other stuff though. You can control how you behave and the environment you create so that all of your downline can thrive. This is what you can control. And when I learned that, holy shit, Did shit get set on fire? Like when I locked into that and I realized like I'm focusing on trying to control the wrong things. And when I started controlling the right things. Everything domino effect. And it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And I was literally just talking to one of my leaders this morning and she's just like, oh my gosh, our team is on fire. The team page is blowing up like every five minutes. Is this insane to you? And I'm like, I just sat in massive gratitude last night, like praying and thanking God and just like sitting in gratitude and acknowledging. And she's like, this is because of the, of what you've created. And I said, I agree, but also like you all need to take credit because You're taking what I've modeled and you're running with it on in your guys's own way. And so once you create this and you create that thriving environment, then people run with it. And that's what you can have radical responsibility for. And the rest, you just have to let the chips fall where they fall where they fall. So. This was kind of a deep one, actually, but I think it was really important, and I'm always going to be honest with you about what it takes to grow a sustainable legacy business. Like, Listen, there's a lot of people in the industry who will share tips with you on how to grow super fast, There, and I do have people on my team growing crazy fast. There's a lot of people in the industry who are going to share tips on how to, you know, boost your volume like crazy, which isn't bad. Okay. And I will share things like that with you from time to time. But my big thing is, do you like, how do you grow a legacy business? Legacy means it's there forever that you can pass it down to your children or pass it down to whoever, right? And then they can pass it down. Right. Like, why are you putting in all this work? Because you want it to last forever. And how to build a legacy business that's sustainable, right? That you're not hustling your face off, burning yourself out, lacking joy, lacking fun. Like, I'm having the freaking time of my life with my people. It's insane. I'm like, so I have so much gratitude and joy. Like, we are having a freaking ball. And also, um, doing it in a way that feels good, right? Doing it in a way that lasts. This is so important, right? So yeah, you can hustle your face off for anything. But that's not what we do here. We're the anti-hustlers, okay? And so this is the anti-hustler way. This is the way that you can grow in and, and and it feels damn good to you and it's going to feel good to your team and it's going to help them stick around. So I would love to know what you thought about the episode. Please, 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 as always, screenshot, share in your stories, share with friends. We need to get the anti-hustle word out and I will see you all in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in and listening all the way through the anti-hustle social selling podcast. Be sure to subscribe, and if you like what you hear and are listening on iTunes, would you do me a favor and leave a review? Reviews are an important part of getting this podcast in front of more people to spread this anti-hustle message. You can also copy this link and share with friends or on social media. And thank you so much for locking arms with me and being a part of this important movement. Remember, social sellers need to learn different and effective strategies that are right for them to grow their business now more than ever. I know together we can spread the word that it's totally possible and it can all be found here on the Anti-Hustle Social Selling Podcast. So until next time, crush your goals and stay in alignment.